Well, first, Burleson, welcome to 2021. How are y'all doing today? Good. Glad to hear that. Uh, we are in a message today called First Things First, this being the first Sunday of the new year. I thought it'd be appropriate to talk about what comes first in our life. And we're going to start off with scripture, uh, Mark 135. Uh, while you're turning there, I want you to know we're going to be in a little bit of Mark uh, we'll be in chapter 12 as well, and we'll be in Exodus chapter 12. So if you want to get ready for what's going to come, uh, you can turn there in Scripture to be prepared. Uh, we're at Mark 135. This Scripture is extremely uh, important to me uh, and to my family for a few different reasons, and we're going to read it, and I'll tell you why. Now, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he, Jesus, went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. So in the first part of the morning, we see Jesus going to be by himself to pray. Uh, this verse is important to me specifically because if there's ever a time in my life or in my ministry that I do not feel the need to pray first thing in the morning. I can come back to this verse and know that Jesus modeled that for me and I do not think myself better than him. And so I will continue to do that as well, to seek him first thing in the morning. Uh, and on the first Sunday, uh, I'm sure a few of you noticed in November and December, your ads online began to change. You probably saw some Christmas stuff, but another thing you probably started to see on the sidebars of whatever websites you're on are workout equipment and maybe some protein supplements, maybe some vitamins. That's because the Google algorithm knows that you're getting ready for some New Year's resolutions. And I had some uh, workout equipment pop up for me and I was flattered because the workout equipment was worth about $5,000. I thought, wow, Google thinks that I have that kind of money. That's great. Uh, but also I was like, well, I can't afford that. So why are they showing it to me? Um, but I, I was thinking about resolutions and I thought 2020 was such a strange year. I wonder what kind of crazy resolutions people came up for 2021. And I found some insane ones that are pretty funny. Uh, I wanted to share a couple of them with you today. Uh, number one, people are going this year, they're going to unfollow the Kardashians. Great advice. We no longer need to keep up with them. Uh, number two, they're going to buy all the leftover 2020 calendars and burn them. <laughs> they're going to relearn social cues after spending a year at home. They're going to unfriend every person who shares their unsolicited diet or exercise regimen. Uh, they're going to sign up for a marathon that they will bravely not run. And this is my favorite one because this, uh, this hit me a little too close to home. My goal in 2021 is to accomplish the goals I set in 2020, which I should have done in 2019 because I made a promise in 2018, which I planned in 2017. So five years later, maybe it's not too late for me. Uh, so I don't know if you've made a resolution for this year yet or not. Uh, but I, I've made one every single year for the past couple of years to spend time with the Lord every morning and to read through scripture every single year, the entire Bible. I've been able to accomplish that over the last couple of years and it's been uh, very rewarding for me. Uh, but I want to encourage you this morning just to find something to do in the morning that causes you to seek 
after the Lord. Uh, there's actually a plan that I've been following for the first couple of days of the year, and it's called First Things First. That wasn't intentional. It just I found a plan on the Bible app, and it's been really great. And it's also really short. It's only about two to three verses a day plus a devotional. So if you want to start off light, that's a great way to do it. Uh, but I just want to encourage you, first thing to seek after the Lord. And what we're going to talk about today is developing a rhythm of life, a way of doing things that causes you to pursue after Christ deeply and to love people. Uh, So the first point today, in order for us to do that, we need to love God with all. Love God with all. And this comes from Mark 12, verse 30. It says, And you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Remember that word first, because that's going to be important later. But Jesus is replying to a lawyer who asked him, hey, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? What is that we should be striving after? And he's asking this question to trip up Jesus. But Jesus answers, hey, you need to love the Lord with all and all of yourself. There's two words in here that I always got confused. There was heart and there was soul. And the main difference between that is the heart being essentially the emotional, reactive area of your life and the soul being your holistic self as far as I understand it. But Jesus is saying, love the Lord your God with all of your emotional effort, all of your thoughts, with your body, and with yourself, your whole self. Love the Lord with all. This is the first commandment. And to develop a rhythm of life that pursues Christ and loves people, you need to love the Lord with all. Ronnie says it this way, you cannot have Savior Jesus without Lord Jesus. You have to say yes to all of him. And whenever you say yes to Jesus as being your Lord, you're saying, you have all of me. I am becoming subject to you. I'm coming underneath you and declaring you as Lord over all of my life. So there's not a partial yes. It's a holistic, full yes that we say yes to Jesus. And no other monarch, no other royalty, no other deity does this. Because whenever we give all to him, we get all of him. But the cool thing is, is that he gave all of himself first. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us and gave himself for our redemption. And he did it before we did anything to earn it. He gave all of him. Whenever I was about to be married, this was little over seven years ago, I knew going into uh, my marriage that there was a scripture that said the two shall become one. And I knew that there was going to have to be something that happens inside of me. I needed to die to myself in order for my marriage to come alive, in order for it to be successful. I had to say yes to the marriage, yes to Kelsey and no to Sam, meaning I had to lay down my personal preferences, my selfish desires in order for the relationship to be successful. Um, And it's been a challenge. Every single marriage needs help. The most successful ones and the ones that are on the rocks. Uh, In fact, little plug here, we're starting a new uh, 
program on July, not July, January 20th, whenever we started up our Wednesday night programming called Re-Engage. If you are married, you need to be in Re-Engage because it's going to be really great for your marriage no matter where you are at. Um, But marriage is difficult because it does something to us that we do our best to suppress. It helps us to identify our greatest weaknesses. And human nature is to cover those things up, to not think about them, uh, to try and suppress them. And Kelsey, uh, she is really good at doing two things. She's incredible, first of all, but she's really good at identifying things in me that do not reflect the image of God. And she is also really good at calling those things out with grace. Unfortunately for her, I do not handle criticism well, and I'm also very slow to repent whenever I've been called out on something. Uh, and we've been working on that. And we're, something happened yesterday, actually, and this will tell you a little bit more about me maybe than you want to know. Uh, I got home for lunch yesterday. Kelsey had gotten Chick-fil-A for us. Um, she was putting Caleb to bed, our son, and they, uh, they had already eaten, and I saw their stuff on the kitchen counter, and I saw a half-eaten sandwich, and I'm like, oh, they must be done eating. So I take the plates, walk over to the trash can, dump it out. I see my food waiting there for me. I start eating. Somebody's laughing because they've already figured out the story. <laughs> so Kelsey comes out from putting our son down in his brand new bed, by the way. We just put him in a big boy bed. We're graduated. I'm so super happy about that. Um, and so that was a process for her. She comes out and she's still hungry. And she says, hey, where's my sandwich? I, I said, what do you mean? You're trash? She said, no, I was still eating that. And so this is what happens for me. So, and maybe you can identify with this. She called something out in me, and my first, def- my first instinct was to be defensive and to shift the blame. And so I started, well, you put it with the rest of the stuff that I thought was trash, and maybe don't leave happy and sandwiches out. Maybe do this, maybe do that. Instead of taking that moment to own that, hey, I did something maybe that she didn't like, I need to say sorry first. And then explain, oh, I'm so sorry. I, t- I thought that you were done with it. I should have asked first. I, you get hungry. I understand that. Um, and so I, I should have done that. The reason why I didn't is because something triggered in me. My pride got hurt. And I felt attacked in that moment. And so my reaction was to get defensive. And the reason that happens is because I'm an imperfect person. And into my relationships, including my marriage, I take my selfishness into it. I am working on it. I repent of these things. Uh, It takes a process sometimes. We're all walking along that path of trying to align our lives with what God wants from us and to walk in the ways he wants us to walk. But it's a process of repentance, forgiveness, trying again and doing it all over again. It can be tough sometimes. But the reason why that happened is because in that moment, I cared more about my preference, my desires, than I did about our relationship. And I think that maybe if you look back in 2020, you'll see that your relationship with the Lord maybe didn't struggle just because of COVID-19, but maybe you've made your relationship with the Lord more about what you want and you've been selfish in it, and maybe even preferential. I want to worship in this style. I want to be a part of a church culture that looks like this, or I want to be in a a place that the messages are phenomenal, and I get an emotional high every time that we open up the word. 
And maybe we've made this relationship that is supposed to be all of me and all of him, and we made it more about what I'm getting out of it. And there may be some places where we need to analyze ourselves and say, hey, am I giving my all to the Lord? So if you want to get 2021 right, we're going to have to make it a little bit less about us, right? We're going to have to make it a lot more about him. Amen? Second point for developing a rhythm of life that pursues Christ and loves people. It's this, love God first. Love God first. The way that we love God with all is that we love him first. Matthew 6, says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Just so you know, all these things in the context of this verse is not riches or health or wealth. It is what you need for life. And so we need to seek God first in every area. Remember in Mark 12, he said, love the Lord your God with all your strength, with your body, with your mind, your thoughts, with your heart, your emotions, and with your soul, your whole self. And so in each of those areas, we need to seek the Lord first. We need to seek first to bring glory to God through each of those areas and extends further past even that. That is how we can categorically know and understand how to bring glory to the, to the Father, but it extends past that. It extends into your marriage. It extends into your finances. It extends into your relationships at work. It extends into how you spend and manage your time. It extends into the content that we consume. It extends into every single area of life. But this is a, a kingdom principle. What you seek first is given the authority to order everything else in your life. If you put God first, everything else will come into order. The things of your life that feel like they are out of place, whenever you will put God and seek God first in those areas, you will start to see them coming back into order. Just understand this. Order is not prosperity. Order is not a financial overflow. It is not automatic good health. Jesus promises this, that in our lives, we will have tribulation. Hopefully 2020 taught you that if you didn't know that already. Hopefully you got to see a little bit of that because we need to understand that we are going to walk through trials. No amount of money you give to the church will spare you from trials. Nothing will. But we get to choose if we are going to walk with our lives in order by seeking Christ first and walk through tribulations with our life in order under God's authority or if we're going to seek first what we want and walk through tribulation with our lives out of order. You following? Good. I saw some heads nodding. That's great. So we get to choose. Are we going to walk under my authority by seeking myself first or walk under God's authority by seeking him first. What you seek first orders your life. That which you put first affects all the rest. It affects the all. So if you want to love God with all that you have, you have to seek 
him first because the first will put all the rest to order. It won't be perfect. Like I said, I see God first in my marriage. I still have struggles in my marriage. Everybody does, but they are coming into order. Where we were seven years ago to where we are today, there is a night and day difference. Not because I'm a marriage expert, but because I am a God seeker. And he has not allowed me to continue on the paths that I was on, but he has straightened my path to pursue him. And it's a lot more effective now. That's the guarantee. That's the promise. Whenever we are pursuing after God, we become sanctified, more like Christ. But it doesn't happen outside of a community. And so I want to encourage you, if you're not in a life group today, please get yourself in a life group. I know I'm the life group's pastor, uh, but please understand this is coming not from a heart of a person that wants to see more people in life groups, so it makes me look better. I have learned that pursuing Christ and loving people, you, you cannot do it outside of authentic, Christ-centered, healthy community. You need people in your life to encourage you to continue to walk the path. Kelsey and I didn't get to where we are today because we isolated ourselves, but we allowed other people to speak into our relationships, speak into our marriage, speak into us as individuals, and we become stronger because of it. Not only do you need to be in life groups so you can be filled, but God has a life group for you because he has a purpose for you to speak life into others as well. So I want to encourage you, if you're not in a life group, please join a life group. It's going to help you seek those things first that you need to seek first. Because what you seek first orders your life. This is a continuation of that principle of what you seek first orders the rest. If you seek first in your life financial freedom, then what has been given authority to give you peace and to provide for you? Whatever level of financial freedom you're experiencing at the time. There's a song that we just sang, all other ground is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Outside of Christ, every other ground that you try to arrange your life on is going to fall short every single time. The peace that you experience will equal to the level of whatever you are putting first. And Jesus promised us this, that he will give us a peace and a joy that cannot be taken away. What you put first affects all the rest. Another way to say this is you can't love God and money. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters. For either he, he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, and mammon being the love of money. This idea of what we are putting first, it matters a lot. What comes first in our lives matters deeply to God. There's evidence of this all over scripture. When Cain and Abel were in the fields and it was time to bring an offering, Cain was the farmer and he brought an unoffering. It says he brought of his production to the Lord. So he brought some of it. And of Abel, it says that he brought of his first fruits. Remember, Abel was the shepherd. He took care of the flock. 
And so he would set aside the firstborn to be sacrificed. He didn't wait until the, the, the sheep produced 20 offspring and then sacrificed the one he didn't like. He set aside the very first one. And in Scripture, in, in Genesis, it says that Cain's offering was not accepted, but Abel's was accepted by the Lord. And the Lord had favor over Abel's offering because he brought of the first that he had. Uh, in Exodus 13, we're going to take a look about why the first is so important. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. It be- the first belongs to the Lord. Down in verse 11, it says, And it shall be, When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, he swore to you and your fathers and gives it to you. Then you shall set apart to the Lord all that opened the womb, that is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The males shall be the Lord's, but every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Now this donkey and the lamb, The lamb is a representation of a grouping of animals called clean. The donkey is a representation of animals, of a grouping of animals called unclean. And if you will not redeem it, scripture says, then you shall break its neck. So if the donkey isn't redeemed by a sacrifice of a lamb, it's forfeit. And all the firstborn of man among your sons shall be redeemed. So we have the clean lamb, the unclean donkey. Whenever you and I were born, we were born unclean. We were born into sin. We were born separated from God. When Jesus was born, he was born clean, sinless, blameless. And in order for you and I to be redeemed, there had to be a sacrifice of the clean. So the clean is sacrificed. Now we are made clean. This is really great stuff. When you put God first, the rest comes in to order. And I hope that you're catching this. That, especially this part right here, it says, if you will not redeem it, the donkey, then you shall break its neck. In other words, it's forfeit. This is the principle we can gather from this. When we don't give our, when we don't give God first, we taint the rest. And whenever we give God our first, the rest becomes blessed. When we put God first, the rest comes into order. Because you and I, whenever we were created, whenever we were designed by God, we were not meant to live life apart from him. We were not designed to live life outside of a relationship with God, but that is the world that we are born into, and that is what causes the chaos and what causes our lives to be out of order. The fall is what led to um, injustice. It led to famine, disease. It led to this world being chaotic. 
That's what the fall did. Whenever we put God first, whenever we make him our first priority, we begin to align ourselves with the way God intentionally, originally created us to live out. And our life comes into order. Whenever we seek him first, we are saying yes to who God created us to be and live the life he created us to live. And that's what causes our life to come back into order. And so we give God our first because he commands it, but also because he demonstrates it. John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. He gave him first. The first belongs to the Lord, and he gave his first to us. He gave his first to us. And I can say first because now I too am a son of God, having been redeemed by the Lamb of God. I was made clean because of him. And if we're going to live lives that pursue Christ, that love people, we are going to have to live lives that have a rhythm of giving God our first in every area. And so this is something that my family has started to do. Um, We give the Lord our first in every area, and there's a systematic way we've devised of doing that. And so we give the God the first of every year, We give him the first of every month, the first of every week, and the first of every day. And this is the way that looks. We give God this year by fasting at the beginning of the year. So right now I am on a social media fast, which by the way has been extremely great. (laughs) It's been awesome to get myself separated away from the news and the content that I was consuming. A lot of it's so negative, Uh, but I've decided that this year I am fasting for at least 21 days and really until I feel the Lord release me from this fast to pursue after him and to say, God, this year belongs to you. I'm giving you this year. It's not about what I want. It's not about my preference. It's not about my desire. It's about what you want. So I would encourage you to do the same thing. This isn't something you have to take word for word and implement exactly, but this is a great model to implement. I would encourage you to give this year to the Lord by finding something to fast. Uh, In Luke 4, Jesus begins his earthly ministry by fasting. He fasted for 40 days without food and was tempted in the desert uh, before he began his ministry. Uh, At the first of every month, our family gives. We give financially. Um, Leviticus uh, 2730 says to bring a tithe of everything from the land it belongs to the Lord and so we have a systematic way of doing this at the the church as well and if you go through uh, discover first which is our new member uh, pathway you'll learn a lot more about this which if you're not a member yet or if you have questions about becoming a member we're going to have a new discover first starting here in a couple of weeks highly encourage you to do that Um, But we encourage people, start with something. If you're not giving anything at all right now, start with something. Start somewhere and focus on when you're giving. Uh, Next, give towards a tithe. So focus on how much you're giving and then work into giving abundantly. 
Um, and if you are in a place right now where you're experiencing a financial crisis, uh, we want to be able to help you. And that's not just so you'll start giving, but we actually care about you and love you and want to help you through uh, difficult times like this. Uh, on January 20th, again, uh, we're starting our next round of Financial Peace University. Uh, this is a great class for anyone to go to, no matter what your financial situation is. You're going to learn a lot of great stuff and biblical concepts behind uh, honoring the Lord with your money. So if that's a place that you're struggling, I know a lot of people, I, I want to be able to give God first in my finances. I just don't know how to practically walk that out. Financial peace is a great place for you to learn exactly what that looks like. Uh, we could say give, give, give all day from the platform, but until you actually understand and go through something like financial peace, um, you're never really going to fully grasp why that's so important. Um, so even if you are giving right now, and but you are curious about what that looks like, how to give God first in the area of your finances, I want to encourage you to sign up for Financial Peace University. It's a great, great program led by some really great people at our church. Uh, we give the first of each week by worshiping. Um, Hebrews 13, 15 says, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. And in our culture, we have such a preferential uh, consumeristic Christianity. Uh, I wish it wasn't that way. And um, I love our church and the fact that we have options here. We have a fantastic, incredible, traditional worship venue. We have this great modern venue here as well. And so if you have a preference, you're absolutely free to go and choose which one your, your preferred style of worship is. But true worship doesn't come out of a preference. Uh, Jesus told the woman at the well in Samaria that true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. Whatever style of music is playing, that's not the worship. That facilitates your heart. And so I want to encourage you to start each week by coming to church, whether you're here in person, whether you're online, and start your week in worship and start your week by hearing the word of God in community with other people. Uh, so start your week in worship and finally start each day in prayer. And we're going to finally land in the, the verse that we started out with, Mark 1.35. In the morning, Having risen from, risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. Jesus modeled for us a life of giving God your first and giving God your all. And so the challenge for today is this. Give this year 2021 to the Lord. If you've already written out some resolutions, that's awesome. There are some great things that you can accomplish this year. But have you asked the Lord, what do you want from me and for me in 2021? I would encourage you to spend some time in prayer over it. In fact, I would encourage you to spend some time fasting about this. Genuinely seeking after the Lord about what he wants to do in your life this year? What does he want in this for you this year? So some of you in the room watching online, you may need to take your first step in this. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus and you need to do that for the first time today. 
I want to encourage you to stop by the connection point right after this service. If you're in person, if you're online, we'll have a link for the online connection point in the comments. Uh, if you need prayer for anything today, I want to encourage you to stop by as well. If you have questions about who we are, First of Burleson as a church, um, stop by, please, and talk to us about that. Also, please ask about the things that we have coming up. Um, we're so excited about this year. This year has been prayed over uh, in our church. This year has been prayed over. It's been thought out. It's been planned. We are seeking the Lord diligently about where he is going in 2021, and we want to be right where he's at. We don't want to miss what he has for us this year. Uh, so there's a couple of things I want you to know about uh, before we end in prayer today. Um, on Wednesday nights, we're starting up again, like Daniel said, on January 20th. Children's ministry, student ministry is coming back on a weekly basis. Um, and that was foundational for me as a student. Going through youth ministry, I learned the foundation of my beliefs. My uh, faith became my own during that time. I started seeking God of my own accord, not just because it's something that my parents did, but it's because of something that I wanted to do. And I don't believe that would have happened if I wasn't going uh, to those Wednesday night um, youth meetings. Because God began to do a work in my heart during that time. So parents, if you want to set your kids up for a successful relationship with the Lord, please get them here on Wednesday nights if you're able to. Uh, also for adults, we're starting two things. One is Regen. Uh, it's called Regeneration. This is a discipleship program that our church is going to be going through. And again, the program is a facilitation of what God is wanting to do. It's, the point isn't to go through this 12-step uh, discipleship program. The point is to know God deeper. It's to develop a deeper relationship with him, one that allows you to pursue Christ better and to love people better and to bring more followers to him. So I want to encourage you to sign up for that and also sign up for Reengage, our marriage ministry. And if you're about to be married, we're also doing Prepare and Enrich. Um, and it's hard for me talking about this at the end of the sermon because I feel like I'm giving you a spiel. But I'm not, and it's not my heart at all in any of this. I'm not trying to populate a program. I genuinely want the people of our church to know Christ deeper. That's the reason why we do the things that we do. That's the reason why we have worship on Sunday morning. It's the reason why we hear from the word of God. We are pursuing after him with all that we have. And so I want you to be in a life group and I want you to be a part of the things that we have going on. I want you to bring chili next week. Because <laughs> we're not doing this alone. We're doing it together. And if we're gonna be people that pursue Christ, that loves people and does it with all that we have, we place him first in our life, we have to do it together because we won't make it on our own. So I'm gonna pray I'm going to remind you of the challenge. Give this year to the Lord. And I'm going to give you a couple of moments during the prayer today to genuinely ask God, where am I not pursuing you first? And how can I turn that over to you this year? Let's pray. God, thank you that you gave us yourself first. God, thank you that you didn't wait for us to earn it because we never would have. God, thank you, Father, that you pursued us, that you gave all of you to us. 
And God, our prayer this morning is that we are doing the same. God, we're flawed. We don't do it perfectly. So Lord, right now, would you just reveal in our hearts the places that we are not pursuing you first. Lord, when we wake up in the morning, as we go throughout our day and as we lay our heads down at night, Father, would our first thoughts be of you? Tomorrow morning, Father, would our thoughts turn to Jesus as he woke up before the sun came out, Father, to pray, to get alone with you. God, would we take that same attitude, Father, into our weeks, our months, and this year? Lord, we love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.